Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. The performance culture in math class needs to change. Questions about learning disabilities, an expert chat, experience discoculia, and holding back a child with discoculia? This is our podcast for week 41 in 2017. We welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we have some very interesting links again this week, and let's go first uh, quickly. Um, it is an article by Joe Bowler. I think she's one of your heroes. And what does she have to tell you today? Well, Joe Bowler, as, as you probably know, is a Stanford University professor and co-founder of uh, the website ucube.org. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really interesting math activities and also uh, her research. Now, let me uh, echo a few of the highlights of what her point is here in this article. Now, uh, we now know from research that when people with math anxiety uh, see numbers, have to do calculations, etc., the fear center in their brain lights up. So you can see that in a functional MRI machine. Mm-hmm. And that same fear center that is that's lighting up when people see uh, who are afraid of uh, when they see a snake or spiders. Okay. So and that anxiety is actually not limited to uh, students with math problems, to low achieving students. Also, high achieving uh, students may experience uh, math anxiety. Okay. Now, one of the big problems right now is the performance culture in our schools mm-hmm. and uh, which is much more present in math than, than in other subjects. Now this actually makes students believe that the purpose of math class is to demonstrate that they can quickly find the right answer. Right. Um, and Joe's research on math learners suggests that when students think they're in class to learn uh, like to think freely, to explore ideas, to try things out, and it's mm-hmm. not so much of an issue if you make a mistake first, then they understand much more. Right. And they actually achieve at higher levels than when they think the point is only to get uh, questions no, right, to quickly the right answers quickly and, and yeah. using a, a prescribed okay. method. So basically until we change the way we teach math here, uh, and that we uh, we start to emphasize learning and exploration rather than performance, we will continue to produce um, students who describe their math experience as a hamster wheel, or, or worse, even as a prison. Yeah. And that is not really That's conducive not to a lot <laughs> of learning. That is not good. No, not so when we continue to produce these anxious students... Uh, who experience fear when they see numbers, we will we will not make a lot of progress. Right. And, um, well, we should give them the opportunity to think and work creatively with numbers, patterns, and shapes and, and even enjoy it. Okay. And that is the best it's a clear way message to a from higher, higher achievement. Right. Well, take it from Joe Bowler, take it from Stanford, and... Uh, I hope the teachers listening to our podcast will read the article. 
Um, the the next uh, the next link is questions about learning disabilities, and it's uh, I think it's a link from the uh, from the uh, Learning Disabilities Association, the LDA. Yes, yes, LDA, and and this is again uh, a very good link. They have uh, very good information, uh, and this is about questions people may have, such uh, about learning disabilities and. Um, they, they should really uh, consider to read uh, up on the Learning Disabilities Association uh, website. And mm -hmm. they get some clear, understandable responses to their, to their questions. And um, they have answers to questions like, uh, are there any legal reasons for school to avoid terms like dyslexia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia? And certainly there are not. Right. We can definitely use these terms. Right. Um, or can terms like dyslexia, dyscalculia, and dysgraphia be useful in a child's evaluation or IEP? And again, yes, they are. Um, so, uh, as long as parents and educators are able to communicate clearly and effectively, and when these terms help them to make things clear, it is always good to use them. Now, okay. Uh, these and, and other questions uh, come up many times also in, in uh, IEP meetings. So that's why it's important that uh, people understand each yeah, other and use the same, use that, the yeah. same uh, vocabulary. Definitely. Definitely. It's a good clarification. Now, uh, the next link is actually it's a, it's a, it's a, a video from a webinar Dr. Ansari did. That's from Canada. So let's see if we can... Listen in for a short Which of two numbers is numerically larger? Or children's ability to match a set to a symbol. So, for example, you've got two sets of apples. One is five apples, the other one is six apples. And then you've got the uh, uh, Arabic numeral six. And the child has to choose which uh, group of apples matches the symbol in terms of the number of apples in the set. That turns out to be something that is predictive of math difficulties. Another uh, domain in which children with developmental discomfort often struggle is in, in spatial skills, in understanding spatial relations and mental rotation skills and spatial matching skills, being able to compose uh, you know, geometrical figures and de decompose them as well. And we know that there is an intimate link between spatial cognition and mathematical cognition. So, so he, he seems to be uh, listing a, a couple of answers. It's a, I think this is a Q&A, right? Yeah. And uh, the main topic is uh, to compare uh, dyscalculia and math anxiety. If they are two completely different things or if they overlap, do they uh, influence each other? Okay. But uh, let's first make sure that uh, they are two different things. You have kids with dyscalculia without math anxiety and the other way around. Oh, okay. So they're, they're like totally separate. Uh, they're uh, not totally separate. They actually occur uh, together mostly, mm -hmm. but they are two different things. And also, what you can do to help those students is different. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, he also uh, talks about um, how can you diagnose the dyscalculia? How can you separate those uh, kids with dyscalculia from those who just struggle a little bit in, in math? Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, 
Because it takes so, a different approach then, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so far, most of the um, testing that is done looks at the achievement. And they compare the expected achievement with what a, a student is able to do. But just like with dyslexia, where we now know the underlying mental abilities that we need to develop a good reading, we are much more uh, already and, and in the near future going into the direction of not only testing the achievement in a, a snapshot, uh, snapshot way, but also testing the underlying uh, domain non-specific abilities mm -hmm. uh, of the brain, like the uh, short-term and long-term memory, working memory, uh, processing speed, um, visual-spatial abilities. These things are all related to uh, the development of uh, dyscalculia, and they should definitely be um, described in a full uh, educational assessment. We're talking to Dr. Further, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now, the, uh, the next link, I, th I think we've linked, uh, linked to this before, but this is about experiencing dyscalculia. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? Now, this is again a link to the uh, Understood website. And I can really wholeheartedly um, recommend uh, reading their information because it's clear and it's, um, it's sound. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it gives a lot of details and uh, where your student has issues and then they explain where those issues come from. Uh, they have also wonderful resources and uh, to, to help uh, students who have um, a learning disability. And obviously this website is very general. It's not just for dyscalculia, uh, but it has resources for uh, many types of learning disabilities. Apart from describing it, they also have a lot of videos with explanations and examples uh, from students who have a condition. It's very, um, very helpful, and it's it's a wonderful resource uh, for parents. They should really take advantage of it and and uh, and read it. Now, teachers might need uh, next to the understood website a slightly different approach and. Uh, could go to our uh, site dyscalculiaaware.org where they can follow an, uh, a short uh, online course to become more aware of the dyscalculia. Okay, okay, that's uh, also a very good uh, good resource. Now, uh, finally, there's a question, and this is a question from a forum that I was reading, and it says, if you have dyscalculia, would that be a reason to hold a child back uh, a grade in school? Unfortunately, the, the, the actual form post has been removed by the person asking the question, but, but, it's, a, but it's an interesting point. Nevertheless, what's your, what's your opinion? Yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, there, there is no, no single answer here. Oh, there is no, no single yes or no. answer. Oh, oops. So, um, just having dyscalculia and therefore failing a math class would in itself, according to me, uh, not be a reason to be held back a grade and uh, have to repeat all those other topics if, if right. they are going well. Right. 
Right. Um, There's reading, uh, writing, and arithmetic. So if you only fail in arithmetic, why would you have to do the reading and writing all over mm-hmm. again? Absolutely. And history and geography, yeah. And maybe... And be pulled uh, out of your social environment. And, uh, schools need to become a little bit more flexible in allowing children to move through topics in different paces. No, like more the Montessori approach. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that would allow them to move faster in reading and slower in math or the other way around. And yeah. the, I know of several schools who actually uh, do that or are much more creative in their scheduling. Um, now, obviously, this whole question, and, and we see in the uh, blog a lot of different opinions flying from both extremes and, and in the middle. Obviously, such a difficult decision of holding back a student and repeating a grade needs to be decided on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. But we could start to look at uh, practices in, in education in, in countries um, where they have used and, and, and are still using retaining a grade much more often. And they mm-hmm. might have some useful guidelines um, and, and I would look at Europe where many... Mm-hmm. Um, it's more common to hold... Where it's back. much more common. And where it also has been used uh, to the advantage of students. And we know many students who have been retained the grade and eventually mm-hmm. came out of high school, went straight into college, um, uh, succeeded and have very good jobs. So it's, it's not all bad. It's not the end of the world. It's right. not the end of the world. Not that okay. I say that this is... A, a light thing and just retain right. kids right. here and there right. when it's easier for the school system. Think about it. And you need to look at the child <coughs> as a whole, also right. the social situation, how it's much important. help is there available at home, and are all those other topics really stellar or are they already um, having some difficulties right. in multiple uh, areas? And that might be a reason. And it, it, <coughs> it might be Clear. Um, a period in the uh, repetition of the year that they are actually top of the class and, and experience that feeling and that, that yeah. might be very good for their self-esteem as well yeah. very good well those were all the links for this week Dr. Schroeder thank you very much for your insights Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Disco Coolia Services you can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook and she maintains boards both on Pinterest and on Flipboard she also runs five free webinars and all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com now, if you want to know if you have Discoculia, you can do a free Discoculia screener on her website discoculiaservices.com in the left navigation panel. Or you can get a more comprehensive math and Discoculia screening test at discoculiatesting.com. Finally, Dr. Schroeder's ebooks are available on Amazon and you can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or just go to Amazon and search for Dr. Schroeder. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.